morning. Every week we go to the scriptures because it is there that the person and work of Christ are most clearly revealed. Today we are in Colossians chapter 1, uh, verses 15 through 22. Hear the word of the Lord. This is the Apostle Paul writing in Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Good morning. Good morning to you gathering uh, at home online with us as well. Uh, Today is uh, two things. Today is a baptism Sunday, should be obvious. It's also the Sunday before an election. And so here's what I want to do today. Today's going to be a little bit different. Uh, We we are going to uh, look into this passage that we just read, which by the way, this passage out of Colossians 1 is uh, one of that, the sets of verses in the Bible that just have some of the most lofty and beautiful theology about who Christ is uh, in the Scriptures. But I want to zero in on a couple of uh, verses. Uh, I want to make just a couple of observations that will lead us into baptism, uh, and then we have a pair of sisters uh, to baptize this morning, and then after we baptize them, I'm going to come back uh, and make a, a, a couple of applications in light of what we hope our church, um, who we hope our church is in the coming week and months and years to come, uh, but in light of Tuesday. So, so let's start like this. Um, let me just say this real quick. At, at a few points uh, in this today, I'm going to be really speaking directly uh, to the girls getting baptized, and, and I hope that uh, what we say to them serves as a reminder uh, or an invitation to all of us as well. And so let's look at a couple verses that start out just highlighting who Jesus is in this passage. Verse 15 and verse 19. 15, he is the image of the invisible God. 19, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. What do we learn about Jesus from these two verses? Well, we learn that he is far more than simply a counselor or an example Uh, Jesus is obviously someone that you can go to for counsel, and he is obviously an example for how to live your life, but he is so much more than that. He is God in the flesh, that that he is the invisible God becoming visible, that when he became uh, a, a, a human, when he came out of that womb, he was God made visible. That which had been invisible was now visible. He is so much more than simply a counselor or an example for how to live the love of God for you beaded through the heart and the chest of Jesus. And when he was born, he became 
God become visible. And so, two girls, I, I want to say this. Jesus is not just simply God um, in human form. He, he is, but he is, he is the, the visible image of the invisible God. And so the rest of your life, you're going to be able to see him, but I want you to know where you go to see him. Every week we say this before the sermon, before the sermon passage is read, we, we say that we go to the scriptures every week because it's there that the person and work of Jesus are most clearly revealed. Now you can open the scriptures and you can read the scriptures and you can see Jesus in the scriptures. But not just in the scriptures, we also can see him in the church. The church, the body of Christ, the place where you can go and among this people see Christ himself. There are going to be times in your life when Jesus feels distant, when God feels like he is far away and, and hard to find in your life. That, that day is coming. And I want you to know that when that day gets here, don't, don't close the Bible and don't run from the church, but run to the place where Jesus is clearly revealed. Run to the scriptures, run into the church. Run to him. Run to him where you can see him. And our prayer Avery and Plexi is this. It's our prayer for all of us. This baptized community, the church, our prayer is that you would never, ever get over this. That you would never get over God becoming a man for you. That God coming as a human for us, for you, our prayer is that we would never get over it. That the idea of God coming in a human form, coming as son of God, that it would never become just sort of humdrum in your life. That we would and that you would never lose awe and wonder over the majesty of God coming and becoming a man for you. He is the invisible God made visible. But what did he come to do? I want to read verses 19 and 20. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things. Whether on heaven, on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross. Here's why Jesus came into the world, to reconcile all things, including us, including you, to himself. And the word reconcile, it's, a, it's an interesting word. It's an interesting word in the scriptures. It's not the uh, traditional word that gets transla uh, translated reconcile. This word, it's a compound word. It's only used a few times, twice in this chapter and then once in Ephesians, both by the same author. And here's what the word means. It's base definition. This word it means the act of restoring a relationship to harmony. That the purpose of Christ's death on the cross was to bring all things created by Christ and for Christ into harmonious relationship. Which is why I went on to say making peace by the blood of the cross, but we're going to come back to that for all of us in a minute. It came into the world to reconcile us, to bring us into a harmonious relationship with one another and with God, we need you to know this, that when you come out of the waters of baptism and you go on about your life tomorrow and next week and next month and next year, there are going to be hard days, days where life is difficult, days where you are asking questions of why, why does this happen, why me, why this, why them, why that, and when those days get here, here's what we need you to know, we don't have all of the answers to why in the world, but we know this. We, we know that Jesus loves you enough to come into the world and to suffer with you. We know that a lot of us right now are navigating a why me, why my family member, why this? 
Why this in my past? We don't know all of the answers to why, but we do know this, that Jesus loves you enough to come into the world and suffer with you. We know that much. But there's more to it. A few verses later, to present you holy and blameless, reconciling you to God to present us holy and blameless before him. And through his blood, he made you clean, washed you white as snow. My family and I, we're, we're moving right now. Uh, and if you want to know just how dirty your house really is, move. Move the furniture that has not been moved in a year, two years, five years. One of, uh, the other day, we were moving the couch. And can I do this illustration, babe? Can I, I, she's looking at me funny. I don't know what to do right now, Amanda. Okay, we were carrying the couch from the U-Haul into the new house. Um, we tilted it on its side, and years of stuff came flooding out of the cushions in there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. There are going to be things that happen in your life where the dirt and the mess that still resides in your heart and in your life that sin brought about, where it gets exposed. Like when you tilt the couch over and all comes flooding out. Something's going to happen where in your life it just comes flooding out. And you need to know that when that day gets here, Jesus has washed you white as snow. That through his blood he has made you clean. And now, it is a particular privilege to get to baptize you. And so I'm going to come down. I'm going to ask you all to stand up here. I'm going to go through the same ten questions that we went through in your living room. Uh, we, but we, we do this because we, we think baptism is a communal event. It's not just you and God. It's you, your family, the church, and God. And so we want you to answer these questions in front of them uh, as well. And then I believe you're going first, and then we'll get the privilege of baptizing you. All right? So come meet me in front of baptismal. Now you too. Come here. Mom, Dad, if y'all want to have these dry them off in a moment. Okay, come over here. I want y'all on the camera. I know this is uncomfortable. We talked about it. I know it. I know, girls. I know. I'll make it as, I'm, no, I'm going to drag it as long as I want to. Um, I'm going to go through the same questions. You just, just answer yes, just like you did uh, in your living room, uh, and then we'll baptize you girls. All right? Question one, do you desire to be baptized? Yes. Do you reject evil and turn away from sin? Do you look to Jesus, your only hope of salvation? Yes. Do you receive the Bible as the inspired word of God? Yes. Do you resolve to obey God as long as you live? Yes. Do you believe in the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Do you trust in God the Father, the maker of all things? Yes. Do you trust in God the Son, who took on human flesh, lived a life without sin, died on a cross, rose from the dead, and even now rules the world as the king of kings. Yes. Do you trust in God the Holy Spirit who empowers the church and makes Jesus and his kingdom known throughout the world? Yes. This is the faith of the church. Is it your faith? Yes. All right. Who's first?
Aldrinos. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. your nose. You ready? All right. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I know Sanders walked out, but we, we love y'all. Um, it's a particular privilege uh, for me to get to baptize those girls. I've known their family for 20 years, and so it's a sweet grace this morning for me personally. Love you, buddy. Okay. From Colossians 1. Sorry, one second, y'all. All right. From Colossians 1, in light of being a baptized community, uh, I want to I give just a couple of points of application for us as a church in light of Tuesday, in light of this election season that we're in. Don't worry, I'm not about to say how to vote. I just want to give a couple of points of application for our posture as the church in the world. We hope for us and hope for you. Verse 17 says that he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Sojourn, we, we want you to know that Jesus is the one holding the world, and Jesus is the one holding your world together. No country and no particular political party in a country is going to hold the world together. Jesus does by the word of his power. Hebrews 1, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. There is one king of kings, and it is not the president of America. There is one Lord of lords, one, one, one who rules and reigns and has the authority to, by his word, keep this universe, keep this world together, and to keep your world together. And so sojourn on Tuesday. If your party wins, don't, don't be too high. If your party loses, don't be too low. They, they do not hold the power to bring about the kind of reconciliation this world is after and needs. They do not have the power to hold the world together. Jesus alone does. 
And then verse 20, which we've already read, I'm going to read it again. I said we'd come back to this in a minute. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Making peace is also a pretty interesting word in, in this passage. It's, it's a word that it draws on Isaiah 27. Uh, when using it, Isaiah 27 is the place where God is redeeming Israel out of just the chaos of the world and making Israel into a pleasant and peaceful vineyard. Jesus came into a world of chaos to bring about peace, to bring about reconciliation and restoration in the world and for the world. And so we together as the church, as the body of Christ, people redeemed by Christ, reconciled by him, sent out as his agents in the world, we get to be agents of peace in the world. We, we get to be people who bring about the peace that Jesus died for. In, in a season like this, which we've been in for a while, thank you, COVID, which is just going to get heightened again in the weeks to come, when there is obvious and apparent division out there, there is a particular opportunity for the church to be an apologetic community by her love for one another and her love for their neighbor. Jesus' prayer that, that, that the world would know you by their love, by their love that, you, that, that the world would know the Father sent the Son and loved them as you have loved me. We have a particular opportunity to embody and display that kind of love. What does that kind of love look like? I mean, a thousand things it might look like. A few things that it doesn't. It doesn't look like screaming and ranting on social media. It, it doesn't look like being quick to speak. It looks like being slow to speak, quick to listen, willing to engage in honest dialogue. Here's what I don't want you to hear in saying this. I, I, I want to make sure because we want to be people. We want to be people who genuinely live like we believe that Jesus is holding the world together and from that can go out and be agents of peace in the world. I don't want you to hear that civic engagement and civic involvement isn't important. It's a beautiful and great way to love our neighbor. I don't want you to hear that, that, that civic engagement is not important. My, my wife and I have already voted. We did the drive-through voting um, because we wanted to be able to look back 30 years from now and say, hey, do you remember that time we voted from our car? <laughs> Some total of our logic. We, we are for civic engagement. It's a beautiful way to love our neighbor. But but let's be a community in the weeks and months to come who, who really live like we believe Jesus is the one holding the world together, not a political party. We have an opportunity sitting right before us to embody the kind of love that the world so desperately needs. And we can. We can be that kind of people. We've been reconciled by Christ brought into a relationship with God and one another. We can embody that kind of life in the world. We can show that our allegiance is supremely to Christ and his kingdom. 
we can show that our hope and our trust is in him. Let's be that kind of church. Let's be the kind of church who through our life, our life together, heralds the kind of world that our world is so desperately trying to find. We can. By the power of the Spirit, we can. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this morning. What a sweet gift it is to see those girls go in the water and to come out as baptized Christians. Such a privilege for us to be present for that. Such a privilege for me personally. I pray that we would be a church who, who lives out our baptism in the world, who lives out that we've been baptized into Christ and that we see him as the one holding our world, not just the world, but our world together. And that we trust him above and beyond any political party. Make us agents of peace in the world. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.